Welcome back to seeing life from a different angle. You know, the thought occurred to me, you know, I'm sure it's occurred to thousands, maybe millions of others throughout time, but it certainly occurred to me recently that, to question why it is that we as human beings tend to lean upon our unhealthy ways to deal with life. The answer, you know, is that in and of itself may seem simple and straightforward. People will say, you know, that's just human nature. That's how people are. We just tend to do the wrong things. And there may be truth in that, but it's a lazy truth, for want of a better way to put it, because ultimately it doesn't seek to explain anything. You know, there's a vast difference between a cake and the icing on the cake. You know, the icing looks good. It's what we see. It's what we, you know, some people will hunger for. I'm not a big fan of icing, but it's something that people like. But the truth of it is, it's not the cake. And in many ways, you know, the answer to that query of, you know, why is it that we tend to stick toward these unhealthy paths, these sinful paths in life is because of human nature is the icing at best. I think, I think it is more important and I think more insightful to really look at what it is that goes on inside of each of us that kind of prompts us toward that end. You know, I think it is a part of who we are as human beings. So don't get me wrong. I won't deny that the icing is there. But at the same time, I think it's also a choice. It's like C.S. Lewis said, you know, no one goes to hell unless they want to go to hell. You know, in other words, we're making this choice, these unhealthy choices, because we are given that opportunity to make these choices. And the choices are oftentimes simpler. You know, it is certainly easier, for instance, it is certainly easier to lust after someone else than to love them. It is easier to long for something than to, you know, take our time to consider whether or not that something is really worth longing for or seeking to earn. And so it's something that we have to stop and ask ourselves, you know, what is it that drives us toward this end? And I think the answer is a straightforward one. It is twofold. One is that we feel very much alone in life. And no matter how many people we have around us, no matter how many people may say they love us, no matter how many people we say that we love, there is an aloneness to each of us. And I think that aloneness is a byproduct of feeling from a tender age a deep sense of abandonment and i believe it's something that exists within all of us you know someone i love deeply the other day i was talking to them and saying to them you know that despite what they believe to be the case about them experiencing this these fears of abandonment and believing that they were alone in feeling those or that not everyone feels it you know, I, I said to her, I said, no, that's not the case. Ultimately, each of us, every human being from a very tender age, experiences a sense of abandonment. And with that abandonment comes a deep sense of fear. So here we have it. I've been abandoned. I feel alone and I'm riddled with fear. And so what do I do? What does my ego do in those moments? It's simple. It's straightforward. My ego will say, grab onto anything that you can and cling to it, hold it, 
you know, find the simpler paths because that way you don't have to worry about any type of conflicts. You don't have to think about morality. It doesn't matter. You know, what matters most is that you ease your tension and that you have or give yourself the illusion of having some measure of satisfaction because we chase what we call happiness. But true happiness does not exist if that happiness does not involve love. And the ego isn't really ultimately about love. It's an about, it is about an attempt to attain a measure of love. So let's step back for just a moment to consider why is it that we feel abandoned? Why is it that it's the case for every one of us? It goes back to this theoretical notion of us each having a wide open reality when we are born. That space that I postulate exists when we are born is a space when we are genuinely ourselves, when we are genuinely loved and feel loved and give love. And it is a space where God and the world coincide. It's like this tender moment, this beautiful, tender moment. It's magical in and of itself. But it doesn't last, and it doesn't last because the real world, unhealthy as it is, civilization, society, whatever we wish to call it, unhealthy as it is, draws us from that place, takes us out of that place, and there begins the fear of abandonment. I can no longer count on what it is that matters to me or what it is that I needed or what it is that I valued. I can no longer count on that magical space being a part of my world. It's that for that reason that we repress the notion of this wide open reality because it is something that we long to have again, long to cling to, but because the world takes it away from us, there's a fear that you know we can't go back to that space without repercussion, without consequence. And so we repress it into our unconscious, it remains in that deeper part of our unconscious mind, and we launch forward if we want to use that word at all, I would say it's really a regression, a, pro a progression towards nothingness, towards emptiness, towards loneliness. But we progress forward into the world. And there's fear that goes along with that sense of being abandoned. But the fear comes when we realize that we're really alone in all this. We're alone in having to deal with life and the consequences of no longer feeling that connection with God no longer feeling or trusting that the world we live in is one that's going to take care of us. Because even though they do, our ego is weak and it doesn't trust that the world is going to be there for us as much as they say they are. You know, we, we have people in our lives who love us. There's no doubt about it. But it's not a deep enough love, not a deep enough love to say it without God to say that this is going to sustain me. You know, God is necessary in order for us to truly believe that we are loved. And so when we lose that space of wide open reality, when we are pulled from that space, we begin to fear abandonment. We begin to believe and recognize that we are alone. And then we live in fear. And the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. And so there's only one solution to this complication. And it takes effort. It takes an incredible amount of effort. It takes a challenge to every fiber of our ego that wants us to stay exactly where we are or to even sometimes dig, dig our heels in and stay that much more firmly locked into it. But we have to challenge our ego. 
as Bishop Barron says from Word on Fire Institute, he said, you know, we must shift from an egocentric perspective to a theocentric perspective. In other words, we have to shift out of ourselves, taking the risk of saying, I'm willing to face the fear, the anxiety, the trepida trepidation, the pain, the discouragement, the challenges from the world to take the risk of moving toward God back to that wide open reality that we came from. And I really believe that it's only in that that we can stop this constant process of seeking out those things that our temptations, our desires, our passions, our interests, but are so incredibly unhealthy for us. I wish you well.